Welcome to the Word of Grace podcast. As a community, we exist to love on God with all that we are and to share His grace with everyone. If you want to connect with us more, head to social media or wordofgracechurch.com. Here's today's episode. How's everybody doing this morning? You have braved the rain and uh, rain's always the type of thing that you can't get out of bed, right? You're just kind of, it's raining, it's hitting the window, you're under the covers and you're just like, oh... It's just that noise that'll put you right back to sleep. But we're excited that you're here joining us this morning. And uh, especially for those joining in online as well. Uh, So this morning we have kind of a standalone uh, message. We ended our series last week. And uh, if you didn't get to hear any of that, um, it was kind of our Easter series. So you can go back and take a look at that, watch the video, or listen to the podcast. So today we're going to be talking about community, community. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to start out in Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, So have you ever been at that moment before where uh, um, you thought something was about to go wrong and you could kind of feel it? Maybe you're right in the middle of the situation. Anyone been there before? You're like, oh, I feel like this isn't a good spot, or I'm in kind of the wrong thing, or something is about to go wrong. So I kind of had that feeling a couple of years ago. It was actually, this was probably uh, closer to eight, uh, eight or nine years ago, and I was, uh, I was at the gym, and I was working out, and uh, I don't know, for some reason, it might have been the song that I had in my headphones, or something just got me like really pumped, and I was like, you know what? I think I can do more weight than I usually do. So I got on the, uh, on the incline press, and I, and I pull the bar off. It's got the weight on, and I go down, and I'm getting ready to push the bar up, and about halfway through, that uh-oh moment happened. And I, didn't, I was working out by myself, didn't have a spotter. I mean, the song was pumping me up, but the energy was not getting the bar up. So the song's happening. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Go down and go up, and then, uh-oh. And so it hit me at that moment. I might be one of those guys on America's Funniest Home Videos, or I might show up on YouTube, or I might, because this is bad. And so all of a sudden, I looked around, because that's always the thing, is you look around to make sure no one sees that you're in trouble or sees what you're about to do, because you'll get embarrassed. So finally, I was able to just get it enough to put it on the hook on the left and then the hook on the right. And then I got up, and it was one of those things where, I don't know if it was an adrenaline rush or something, but I just kind of sat down. I'm like, I think I'm done with the workout for today. And sometimes, uh, in the same way, life has its moments like that too, doesn't it? Uh, Maybe some of you are going through times right now where you're kind of in that moment where you're like, man, it feels like all this weight is on me right now and I can't get it up off of me. Or maybe sometimes you guys are feeling like you just don't have the strength or energy to fight any more than what you've been fighting or what you've been doing. And so we struggle a lot of times by ourselves. We don't have that person maybe next to us or the person that can help us. I should have had a spotter there to help me bear that weight. A common proverb a lot of people like to hear in Proverbs uh, 27, as iron sharpens iron, so does one friend sharpen another. You guys uh, have heard that before, right? Um, It's used all the time, even people who don't necessarily believe in the Bible. It's in movies and everything. And we were meant to do life together. We were meant to be in community together. Even Jesus actually lived in community. So he had the apostles, then he had the 12 disciples. But if you look in scripture, he always had his three 
best friends, Peter, James, and John. So they go with him. If you look at different stories within the Bible, it wasn't, he brought all 12 disciples with him to this healing. No, he brought Peter, James, and John in with him. Or he went to uh, different areas and only brought Peter, James, and John. Jesus never did life alone. He did life in community. And so we look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, and it talks a little bit about this. So today we're going to dive in what that looks like in community, how we live in community together. Hebrews chapter 10, here we go, starting in verse 24. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, A different version says, not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another. It's interesting, a lot of people like to use this verse uh, and kind of guilt trip people into not coming to church. Oh, don't you go in and forsake Uh, forsake the other believers. You got to get in the church and all that. And yes, it is talking about that. Uh, But actually, if you look at the context, the writer of Hebrews is trying to get the point across that the work of Christ gives us access to God. So when God sends his son Jesus down on the cross for our sin, Pastor Ryan talked about a couple weeks ago that the veil was torn and we now have access to God himself. And the interesting thing with that is, is here in Hebrews, it's saying, don't take that for granted. If you have access to God, why not access God and be in fellowship with other believers, with other people that are gathering around you, going through the same things, going through the same battles, maybe feeling like they have that weight on them at the moment. And so we look here at some different scriptures, and today we're going to jump through, and we're going to talk about uh, three different ways we can be in community together. Did you guys know that God has given each and every one of us gifts, talents, and abilities? And did you know that God gave us those to be used for Him and for His glory? And so as I go through these three types of uh, helpers or people today, I want you to think maybe... I need to be in community with some of those people. But also, maybe God has given me the talents and abilities that are described here because I need to be helping other people. And so we have to look at it both ways. And we're going to start here today with uh, number one, we need a support system. We need a support system. If you hop on to the next book over in uh, James, James 5 has something to say about our support system here. And I'm going to read James chapter 5, verses 16 through 20. And what I want to try to do here is not just quote a verse to have to go with my topic, but I want to dive into the scripture and dive into the context of what it's actually saying to help you better understand this. Because how many of you guys know, you could sit here and listen all day, but if you're not applying the word, then it's not having any effect on your life. And so what I want to do here is I want to try to go through what it means to be in community. First off, we need a support system. James 5, 16 through 20. Here we go. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being. 
Even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins." It says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. It, talks, it starts out talking about physical healing, actually, a couple verses before. So a good way to look at Scripture is to look at what's before it and what's after it. And so it starts out talking about physical healing, where you get the elders of the church and anointing and, and heal and pray for physical healing. But then it dives into spiritual healing. A lot of times when Jesus would heal people, it wouldn't just be their physical bodies. It would be their spiritual souls as well. And so it says, it talks about physical healing, dives into spiritual healing. And then it says, confess your sins to one another. Some of us are going, wait, confess your, why do we need to confess? Like you and I can't save each other by confessing your sin. No, but what it says here, it says, confession brings healing. So when you're gathered together and you confess your sins to one another, hey, I am struggling with this. Hey, I'm really going through this right now. The person that you're telling isn't able to forgive you. But what it does is it brings healing. Confession to God brings forgiveness. So it says in the scripture, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad today that we can't forgive each other's sins? We don't have the power to do that, but we know someone who does. And God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, forgiving all our sin. So confession to each other is not necessarily for forgiveness, it's for healing. Uh, Has anyone, maybe you've had the old uh, break the window with a baseball story. Anyone ever had that situation happen before? You think it just happened in movies? Yeah, it actually happens in real life a lot, too. Uh, I was younger. It was summertime. I was in my backyard in uh, Florida, and I have a duplex right next door to me. And so all of a sudden, you know, my friend and I, we get a bat and a ball, and I'm thinking, I literally thought in my head, this isn't going to happen. We're just going to kind of hit the ball to each other. Not a big deal. And so I'm standing there, and we're just kind of tossing the ball. He hits it once against the fence, and all of a sudden, he must have thought we were playing home run derby because I toss him the baseball and he cranks it. And I did not even look back. I heard it. And I turn around and look, sure enough, it didn't even shatter the whole window. Baseball hole sized. Isn't that crazy how that works? Baseball hole size goes right through into my neighbor's duplex. So I turn around and I look at the window. Then I turn back around, my friend's gone. I'm thinking, wait, wasn't I? Who did I throw that to? He's literally, he sped away. So I'm sitting here, and the, old time, and the whole time I'm getting that pit in my stomach, and I'm walking around the backyard. I'm like, oh boy, oh boy, dad's gonna kill me. Dad's gonna kill me. Walking around, and then you almost, there comes a point where if you've ever had something that you hadn't confessed yet, it starts to eat away at you, right? It almost starts to cause physical problems. You know, so you're, you're here and you're going, man, I really need to confess this. I really need to confess this. And it wasn't until I actually walked inside, hey, hey, 
Dad, how's it going? Uh, he liked his Cuban coffee when he got home from work. So I made sure he had his Cuban coffee. Like, hey, you got your coffee? Great. That's one. Le- okay. So, Dad, I kind of uh, broke a window. And uh, needless to say, I got in trouble. But I felt so much better after I had confessed that to my dad. And the same thing happens with us. Is I guarantee if you are dealing with something, we are not meant to deal with things alone. We need a support system in play. And so whether it's a small group or a Bible study or people here within the church, we need to be able to trust each other enough and have a good enough relationship where we're confessing our sin to one another. I am struggling with this right now. I could really use your prayer. Have you struggled with this before? And what happens is we start to talk to each other and realize, hey, guess what? We're not the only ones struggling with that. And so we chat with each other. We realize, hey, you're struggling with that too. How did you get over that? And so sometimes what you're going through right now could be a way for you to help someone else down the road. So maybe God has necessarily given you that situation. You're going through it. But in time, you may be able to help someone else through that same situation because you were able to go through it. And so it says here that we need to confess our sin to one another. When you support someone, you not only help them in their weakness, but you won't judge them when they fall. You help someone through their weakness, but you won't judge them when they fall. I think a struggle now within the church is that we all think that we're the only ones going through things, that we're the only ones dealing with sin. So what do we do? How are you doing this morning? Blessed and highly favored. Thank you for asking. And then inside, we're dealing with something, but we don't trust people around us enough because we think, well, they're not going through that situation, or they're going to think, I'm not a Christian or a good Christian or a believer because I'm going through that or struggling with that. I promise you, everyone in here is struggling with something. I promise you that. You know how I know that? Because we're not perfect. We're not perfect. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and... Even though you are a Christian, that does not mean that we're not going to struggle ever again. So we need that support system in place. Sin demands isolation. Did you guys know that? That it's way easier to fall into sin when you're isolated, when you're alone. That's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to keep you away from the body of believers because he can get to you a little quicker that way. And he can convince you more if you're alone. Sin demands isolation. So when we gather with others, when we have our small groups, when we have times on Wednesdays and Sundays and you meet at people's houses and you have fellowship time together, we talk about things and we say we need prayer and we talk about our struggles. The enemy doesn't like that very much because that means we're together with other people. We can encourage each other. We can believe in each other. We can confess our sin to each other and that will help us heal. So number one, a support system. If I could have uh, Ife, are you around? Ife, come on up to the stage. Let's give Ife a round of applause here. So this support system that we have here, um, I'm actually going to, you can go ahead and grab those weights. Come up, up to the stage. They're just 12, no, that's a, this isn't a human video. Those are just 12s. 
Um, but come on up to the stage here. And so we're talking about a support system, and there's different ways to do that. Now, when, uh, when you're at the gym and you're helping someone to work out, go ahead and face me. And you know how to do a, a bicep curl. There we go. Woo! This man's a beast. How old are you? 16? Oh, yeah. Man, look at that. He's 16. Anyway, so when we do, we're going to demonstrate kind of each of these support systems in play. Number one is we all need a support system. And so how does the support system confess your sin to one another? You need some support. And so at times we have this weight, right? All of us are dealing through things. And at times we have to help support our friends and we have to bear each other's burdens. Did you guys know that's part of being a believer? It's confessing your sin, bearing each other's burdens. So Ife, if those were actually, let's pretend those were heavier than you could actually lift, he's going to need a support system to help. So I could either go, man, look at you. Look at the size of you. You can't lift that by yourself? What is happening? Or I could go, hey, listen, you're doing this bicep curl. I'm going to help you because I support you. And so I'm going to help spot you each and every step of the way. Does that make sense? Do you see what I'm doing here? And so when we confess our sin, you can put those down, I'll bring you back up in a couple of minutes. When we confess our sin, that becomes the support system. Number two this morning, some of us need to be honest more with each other. There's an entrepreneur, his name's Ed Milet. He actually has a list of inner circle requirements. This guy, he has a list of when you are going to hang out with other people, if you're going to do life with other people, this is the requirement needed to hang out. He is, he is literally saying, in order to hang out with me and be part of my life, you need to have these things. Pretty crazy, right? But listen to some of these. They must have your back at all times. They do not accept you as you are. They expect more. They must tell you the truth. They must share your values. They must be growing themselves. That's a pretty crazy list, right? Uh, they don't accept you as you are. Now, some of you are going, huh, I don't want to hang out with that guy. He won't accept me for who I am. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is he wants people in his life that don't accept him as he is because they see the potential that he has. And so the people that you're doing life together with you're not just saying, hey, I'll accept you as you are right now, but I don't accept the fact that you can grow. Now, how does this work? Well, uh, that's what a coach does for players, right? So when I was playing basketball and I, I, I wasn't strong enough yet to shoot the ball with perfect form or a normal form, I was shooting it from down under here. And then my coach caught me one day and he's like, hey, you can't shoot it from down there because eventually people just go up and they can just block you. But the higher up you have it, the less chance they'll be able to block you. So I wasn't strong enough, so I'd still be shooting the ball from under here, under here. He's like, go ahead, shoot the ball. I don't even have to be too much in front of you. And he would just tap it as I went up. But why was he being honest? Because he wanted to destroy my basketball career? No. He was doing this because he was a coach and he knew I could be better. He knew I had the potential to be better. Here's what Galatians 6 verses 1 through 5 says. I'll have you, uh, I'll give you a second to turn there. If not, it'll be on the screen. Uh, Galatians 6 has something to say about this as well. It says in verse 1, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, 
You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks there is something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. So Paul here talks about the one who has fallen into sin and needs to be restored. You guys know there's a difference between sinning and falling into sin. And so those who have fallen into sin and need restoration, restored in the Greek is the same meaning as put in order or men, often used in a broken bone or a dislocated bone. That is what restoration means here. It's also the same meaning in the word mend, when the disciples' nets were needing fixed. And so you think about that, that restoration is that we have people all around us, and maybe you even feel like you are broken. Something's broken. Something is dislocated. And as believers, our jobs within our community is to be honest with people, but gently. So it's not just, hey, I accept you as you are, but it's more, hey, I love you as you are right now, but I know you can be a lot better, and I'm going to help you get there. Or I love you as you are right now. You can hang out with me. You can be part of my group. You're going to be part of my uh, Bible study or my small group. We're going to hang out, but guess what? God sees more in you, and I see more in you. I'm not going to let you stay there. You know what that looks like in the, uh, in the workout part is if a personal trainer, come on back up here, Ife, is if a personal trainer, so let's say uh, for kicks and giggles that I'm a personal trainer, you can go ahead and pick up those weights. Now, what we don't want to do is we don't want, we want to get to the point where Ife starts lifting those, go ahead and lift them, yeah, doing the bicep curls, and then it starts to actually give him a little bit of pain. Like he's like, oh, you know, this is getting hard work. The personal trainer goes, oh, is that, is that bothering you? Okay, you know what? We'll just go down lighter and wait, you know. You, you're, it's all right. We'll do the fives. We want you to stay comfortable. We, you know, we don't want you going through anything. We don't want you any pain. Who would hire a personal trainer like that? Never, Never right? <laughs> you heard it. You heard it from Zahar, never. No one would pay money to a personal trainer who, who wanted you to be comfortable, who wanted you to stay just as you were. Thanks, Ife. Let's give it up for Ife again. Thank you, Ife. But you know what we need is we need people who expect more out of us. We need people who can be honest, but at the same time, be gentle in doing so. And you know what the key word here is? I've preached on it before, is love. You have to do things in love. But the funny thing is, even as a parent, I'm starting to get to know more and more about this, is there's got to be a point where my, my little daughter's doing so. Emery's way more crazy than Lexi. So Emery, she'll just do stuff. And I'm like, hey, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. Don't do that. You're going to get hurt. And there has to come a point that I keep telling her that, not to do things because I love her enough that I don't want her to get hurt. But sometimes 
She has to do things and experience, okay, this is what happens when I do this. I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to bonk my head or I'm going to do this. And so as a parent, you kind of struggle with, ooh, do I, do I you know, prevent them from doing that? Do I let them be? Do I just give them to God? And, and all this stuff, the same way it works within our life is I'm not going to have someone that's supporting me or within my small group or hanging out with me doing life together that's just going to leave me how I am. That agrees with everything I say. Because it's easy to find a support group or a small group that says, hey guys, I had this thought, you know, with my life. Oh yeah, great. We agree with that 100%. Because then you just start getting people around you that believe the same exact thing you do. And you never get any other points of reference. You never get any other... I'm not saying that you have to be convinced when someone else has a logical point that you have to change your mind. But what I am saying is... Sometimes we need to listen to other people more. Sometimes we need to get other views, other thoughts from other believers. But we can't just sit here and say, hey, uh, you know, I want to do life with you. I want to, you know, that we have this whole thing going on in our church, you plus two. Those two people that you're going to disciple and minister and kind of take under your wing and do life together with. I don't know about you, but I don't want someone going, oh, you know, you you could do the 12s, but do the 5s. It's more comfortable. No, I want someone that's saying, hey, you know what? I love you, brother. I love you, sister. But you're meant for more than that. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. I love you so much. But God has a better plan for your life than what what you're doing right now. We need people like that in our life. Anyone appreciate criticism? It gets ugly at times, doesn't it? But that's why we have to do it in love. We have to have such a good relationship with each other that we can say, hey, you know I love you, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. What's up? Well, what you're doing is not God's best plan for your life. Are you serious? Well, hey, have fun finding someone else to hang out with and you just walk out. No, that is not how we're supposed to be. So in Galatians 5, if you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. If you think you're too good for someone to come up and say, hey, God has something better for you. I think you could be, you could be doing more than what you're doing. You could be helping others more than what you're doing. Sometimes we need the truth revealed to us. And God will use us in that way. There are people within here that have that gift. God has given them that gift of grace and mercy to be able to tell others, hey, man, listen, God has so much more for you than you could ever imagine. Hopes and dreams, and he's given you gifts and talents and abilities. But this isn't it. What you're doing, this isn't it right now. We need people like that in our lives. So we don't just need a support system. We just don't need someone who can be honest to do life with in our community But we need someone who can be a builder or an encourager for us. Anyone know for a fact that, hey, I have the gift of encouragement? Anyone know if they have that? Or maybe someone's told them that before, like, hey, you know what? You are such an encouragement. And I tell people all the time when they say something encouraging to me, I say, hey, thank you for that. No one's ever said, I hate that you encouraged me. (laughs) Anyone ever said that before? Not that I know of. So we need a builder or an encourager, someone in our life who can speak life to us, who can help build us up. If you still have your Bibles open, 
Look at 1 Thessalonians 5 with me real quick. And we're going to take a look at this here and what it says about some speaking life into people and building each other up. 1 Thessalonians 5, and we're going to be in verse 11. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. In a different version, it says, so you'll all be together in this. No one left out, no one left behind. I know you're already doing this, so keep on doing it. So here, Paul is encouraging them once again, and he ends with this. So uh, the Thessalonians, if you don't know, going on right now is they were super concerned with God coming back. So there were people, I mean, they were just super concerned, like, When's he going to come? Should we get to the top of the mountain so we can reach us faster? Should we quit our jobs? Should we stop gathering food? Should we stop doing all this stuff? Because God's coming back soon. And they were really hyperactive about it. So instead of Paul going, you guys are idiots. Just, what are you doing? Stop that. No, he does it in a gentle manner. And he says it right at the end. Is Paul is encouraging them once again. And he ends with this. So they weren't very reassured of the end days. They didn't know if they were prepared or not. So Paul encourages instead of rebukes. You see the difference here? You see the difference between encouraging and rebuking? And that's what we need is we need someone who can encourage us. We need someone who we're not just doing life by ourselves thinking we can handle it all ourselves. We need those two or three or four people gathered around us that at any moment necessary, it could be three o'clock in the morning, we can call them and say, hey, there's been an emergency. Can you meet me at the hospital? And you know for a fact they're going to show up and they'll be praying for you. You need that type of person in your life. You need that type of spiritual encourager. You need that type of builder. If we dive in deeper, we look at what build means to grow spiritually. What do we do? We get stronger by increasing our weight. And so how you build up strength is you're working out is every time you're trying to increase the weight, progressive overload. So soon enough, you'll be able to be lifting the 12s. Then you'll get stronger. You'll be able to move to the 15s and the 20s and the 25s and the 30s. And all throughout doing that, the person next to you is right by your side going, hey, you can do it. Hey, you can get one more rep. You ever gone for a run before or maybe uh, worked out or done something and it works out way better when someone's next to you encouraging you? Anyone ever had that before? Maybe you're, you're going for a walk or a run or you're building something and someone's next to you encouraging you the whole way through. It's a proven fact that you do a lot better with that person encouraging you. And so as we go through this walk with Jesus and you call yourself a believer and a Christian, as we gather together, we need that encouragement. We need people to call us up. Hey, how you doing? Oh, this week's been a tough week. It's been a bad week. Hey, you know what? You can still do it. You can still handle this. I'm right here with you. You can still make it happen. I'm praying for you. I believe in you. God has given you talents and abilities. He'll help you get through this. We need people like that within our life. Uh, the same story at the same gym I was at, there was a guy who, uh, who would spot me sometimes, and I loved when he spotted me because of the fact that he would always try and push me to my limits. Literally, the, it's starting to get dark around my eyes. I'm about to black out limits. You know what I'm saying? Found out he ate a dozen eggs every day. 
He would scream, come on, you can do it, do it, yeah, awesome man, awesome man. And I loved that. I loved that he would push me to my limits. It was great because he ended up challenging me. And as we close this morning, I want to look at these. uh, I looked up, just being curious, I said, well, I'm going to look up these gym reviews. Not the one I went to, just a gym in general. Because a lot of times, people have this community in so many different areas, but it intrigues me with this, uh, with gyms in different areas like that, only because they have such a sense of community there. And here's what one's, uh, one gym reviews on Yelp said. Extremely welcoming. They will cheer you on. No one will judge you here. They will help you meet your goals. They challenge, encourage, and inspire me. They let their actions do the talking. This gym feels like family. They are very friendly. They're encouraging. They'll scale to your needs, but still be challenging. That's the review for a gym. Now, what if we rise up as a church and say, wow, I wish these reviews were about Word of Grace Church in our community. What if people came in and they said, wow, Word of Grace Church, extremely welcoming. They will cheer you on no matter what. No one will judge you here. They will help you meet your goals. They will challenge, encourage, and inspire you. Let their actions do the talking. So we could say we're a church in a community, but we let our actions do the talking. Feels like family. Friendly. Encouraging. They will scale to your needs, but still be challenging. What if that was some of the reviews that people who stepped in through our doors to Word of Grace Church said about our church? Wow. That would be amazing. What if we rise up as a church and let these reviews be what people say when they come in? And I want to end with this verse, Romans chapter 5. Verses 3 through 5. It says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. So the more that you push that workout, that muscle group, it helps produce endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is the process to becoming like Christ. This is the process to becoming more like Christ. We have suffering. We rejoice in that. But suffering, we know at some point, will produce endurance. And endurance, character. Character produces hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts. And we can't do any of this without the help of the Holy Spirit. 
We can't have a support system without the help of the Holy Spirit. We can't build and encourage each other up without the help of the Holy Spirit. We can't have that support group without the help of the Holy Spirit. We even can't be honest without the help of the Holy Spirit. Because at times, you may be that person that goes, oh, I really want to tell this person how much they're messing their life up. And then the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and says, you were there at a time as well. You were messed up as well. So we need to get to a point where the Holy Spirit comes in and says, remember, CJ, remember love. Remember as you talk to someone, love. But I, remember love. You can still encourage them and build them up, but remember love. And we see this process to becoming more like Christ. And I pray that for us as a church that we see that and we would want to go through the same thing in becoming more like Christ. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning as we pray. And maybe some of you this morning, you're saying, you know what? I, uh, I need a support system around me. I need some of those friends that it shows in the Bible where they would carry the person to the, to the part of water so that they could be healed. I need those type of friends that will lower me through a roof if need be for me to experience healing. I need those type of friends that will have a support group, that they'll be able to support me, that they'll be able to encourage me, that they'll be able to build me up. I need those people around me. I encourage you today, find a small group, find those two or three people around, find that Bible study, find that place where you can say, hey, you know what? I need to eat a piece of humble pie and I I can't do this life alone. I need people around me that can help encourage me, support me, build me up, be honest with me, which is probably the most difficult out of all of these. So maybe today you're saying, you know what? I just need to find that group of people. And we have those groups available. We have those people within the church available for you. That you need to find that group today. And as we close, I always like to offer this as well. Maybe today you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. And for the first time in your life, you would like to do that. You've never made a decision saying, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus with everything that I have. I want to make a decision today. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real quick, put it back down, say, for the first time in my life, I want to ask Jesus to come into my life. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you so much for these verses in Scripture. We thank you so much for what Paul says and and what the book of Hebrews says and, and just all these things that we can really dive in to know what it means to be about community. I pray, God, that those reviews that they said about a simple gym and the community that they experienced, I pray that people would see that here. God, that if you have given people the gift of support or encouragement or building people up or being honest in a gentle way or looking at someone and saying, hey, God has more potential for you and lifting others up, God, I pray that you'd help them to share that with others, not just within the church, but outside these doors. God, that you'd help us to build up our gifts and abilities and talents for you. 
that if people are sitting in here today, maybe they are the builder, the supporter, the encourager, but maybe they need to be built up today. Maybe they need to be encouraged today. Maybe they need someone to be honest with them today. Lord, I pray that they would encounter that here. We thank you so much for these examples you give. We thank you so much for the community that you want us to be a part of. God, we thank you that you built the church. You made the church, which are the people within the church. And I pray that we would be the church, not just inside the church, but outside these four walls as well. That we would walk out here and be the church for our community, for our city, for our neighborhood, for our workplace. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps others find this content. If you want to connect with us, head over to social media or go to wordofgracechurch.com.